is Bart Isley. I'm here with Ryan Yeeman for the latest edition of the Scrums Play Podcast. And right off the top, we'd like to thank the SB Podcast presenting sponsor, CNG Paving. If you want your paving or asphalt job done right the first time, you want CNG to knock it out. With 30 years of experience under owner Jeff Gray, this family-owned local business has been taking care of roads, parking lots, and driveways across Central Virginia for decades. And with a five-star rating on Facebook, you know they're going to get it right. Give them a call at 540-456-6179 today for a free estimate. This is Bart Isley. I'm here with Ryan Yeeman for the latest edition of the Scrimmage Play podcast. And uh, we ought to just jump right in it because we're in the playoffs. It's it's time. It's go time. Um, everybody's playing for their life. It's win or go home. All the cliches. You can string them all together. Um, and let's start it with Road Grader of the Week. And it comes from a this CNG Road Grader of the Week comes from William Monroe. Um, a, a team that played its way in uh, with an incredible sort of second half surge where they really got on a roll after the loss to Brentsville, won four straight. Um, and and usually road grader goes to an offensive lineman, uh, sometimes a defensive lineman. But this time we got to give it to a, a true road grader uh, as well, Philip Shiflett, who's sort of the sixth offensive line for uh, this Wave and Row squad, the fullback for the Dragons. Yeah. Um, I mean, in high school, we get to see a little bit of fullback action. It's kind of as a position, it's sort of dead in college and mm-hmm. dead in the pros. Um, not a lot of it, uh, at least, in a situational kind of position. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of become that thing where I mean, you're that guy creating that extra hole or sealing something off, um, setting the edge, uh, any of those things. And uh, Shiflet, I mean, he's doing it for one of the best rushers in the area. I mean, you look at the numbers that Dupree Rucker's putting up and a guy who's averaging 6.6 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't do that without somebody putting their hat ahead in front of you uh, and, and just clearing one extra guy so you can cut and run. Yeah, Shiflet's a really nice little ball carrier in his own right. They, they run a dive, uh, dive play to him uh, to kind of mix things up. And um, quite often he's falling forward for four or five yards. He's a good little player. Um, but his most, you know, his highest value is as a guy who, like you said, they run that that guard comes around and he pulls, he comes and hits the hole, and then there's another lead blocker coming through there, and then Dupree Rucker is coming in there, and that guy can get horizontal and sort of slippery really quick, and then he's in the second level and he's gone. Um, just Philip Schiffel has been getting the job done all year while Dupree Rucker has been throwing up 200-plus a game seemingly every night now. Almost got to 300, I yeah. think, the other night. I mean, he's playing his tail off. And you mentioned it. Monroe got in a groove here. I know there was some sort of question marks as to, you know, coming into the year, they talked about how physical they were going to be and play behind their defense and run the ball, and the results weren't there for them early. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for them to sort of come out with that win over Western and just turn it on yeah. after that and, and sort of play true to that identity that they had set for themselves at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's the crazy thing is they beat Western, and then they go into Brentsville, and they run the exact same plan. And it, it, it trips them up, but they didn't get knocked off. They're like, no, this plan works. We had some unfortunate bounces at the end on Brentsville, but the plan works. We're sticking with it, and, and you know they they they've bought into this identity, and I think that's probably ought to be the identity going forward. Keep finding a guy who can tote it like Rucker. Not a lot out there that can do it like him, but you got to find one guy who can at least do it up to his hip. And then you know they've had a really good thing going with Shiflet on the dive. Rucker off tackle or Rucker on a slam type play. And then Logan Barber on the end around. Man, that's three really good plays. Like, you don't need very many other plays, mm-hmm. like, in high school. You just don't. And they've had it, you know, cooking the occasional throw from Jared Knights to Logan Barber. We've seen that all year. That offense is is keeping it simple. They're challenging you to 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 make a stop. 
I mean, it, things get really interesting. They play a Skyline team. We're going to talk about the playoffs in a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit. But Philip Shiflett, road grader of the week. He's been there all year just making big-time plays, big-time blocks. Uh, unsung a little bit maybe, but uh, we've, we've been seeing it. He's played awfully well. So an, another good night for him. Um, offensive player of the week, Blue Ridge put up some yeah, that was, numbers. That was a weird game um, going up against the Christchurch team. Uh, Missing their starter quarterback uh, in Kenyon Carter, and they plug in uh, Devin Walker. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> Isis Lewis just put together the – I mean, it was it was strange to watch. You're like, okay, I mean, at some point they have to just triple team him or do something. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, we're, it's not like Blue Ridge was being cute about it, like just, you know, throwing uh, little, little short passing routes to him. No, no, they're just – Chucking it and praying it. And, and, and Lewis came up. I mean, there's a couple plays where I don't even think the ball was thrown to him. He just happened to be like, oh, well, the ball's thrown over here. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go get it. Oh, awesome. um, yeah, his numbers were nuts. Uh, 196 yards receiving, four TDs. Uh, that's seven receptions for 196. Um, so <laughs> That's he, off the charts, man. Yeah. Hey, I, I, seven for 196 is crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, Every play is a big play at that point. It, it was wild. You know, the other guy you got to shout out to there is Walker, who has 295 yards passing um, You know, in his first start at quarterback. And a guy they, they're really looking forward to in the future. You know, He's a sophomore. A uh, lot of athletic ability showed it. He's uh, been on the field as a receiver before this. Yeah, 82 yards player. rushing. He was scrambling left and right. Um, you know, 12... Uh, 12 completions there on 21 passes. Uh, obviously, he had a couple, two interceptions that he'd love to have back um, and, you know, sort of put Blue Ridge in some tight spots there. But what he did late in that fourth quarter, uh, I mean, he did it all game long, but, I mean, he was just so unafraid. I was sort of talking about this with you before, but, I mean, it's like the 2004 Madden playbook with Vic where you're just running Hail Mary plays <laughs> and scrambling around, and then eventually somebody will find their way free, and then... I mean, that's what happened on the 51-yard touchdown that, that Lewis gets to get Blue Ridge the go-ahead touchdown. Um, you know, he just waits for Lewis to get open um, and, you know, using his feet. And then, I mean, Walker's not a big kid right now. To have the arm strength to get the ball downfield like he did, uh, I mean, I just wildly impressed with him. And, uh, you know, charismatic kid, too. Uh, it was fun to watch him out there and just, I mean, you sort of hear players going out to to, to ball. I mean, that, that's what he was doing. He was just out there showcasing, uh, having fun. Um, definitely did not put his head down anytime there was a mistake, a sack, or whatever. Um, really just sort of went out there, big smile on his face, and had a lot of fun, and it showed on the field. Yeah, man. I, tremendous performance from that Blues offense. They're going to need it next week. We'll get into that a little bit uh, later. But Defensive Player of the Week, to, to me, it, this was uh, the one football game I got to see this week because – I got uh, I got the pleasure of watching Covenant Boys Soccer pull off that state championship over there in uh, Richmond. Uh, awesome, uh, awesome performance by them to take care of Seton. But uh, one game I got to see was Covenant Stab. Got to see a little eight man action on Saturday night. And you know we've already he's been the defense player of the week before. He's got to get it again here. I, yes, I know offensively tremendous, but Jonas Sinker really changed the game on defense. Uh, when he came up with a big time scoop and score, and then he came up with uh, the pick and it, it, the pick before that, but the scoop and score, and then the back to back with Nick Sanker, that those two guys probably should get it. Defense Player of the Week, the, Jonas and Nick went back to back on scoop and scores for long yardage, and it took a game that was only a 14 point covenant lead that they were scrapping and clawing and fighting with stab, and just blew it open. Um, just a re- uh, two really really big plays in a row. Um, pr- pretty awesome performance from those two. Yeah, and on the 11-man side of things, uh, Louisa defense, I think you got to give a shout-out there. Stephen Dean and Austin Sims with interceptions in their 42-0 win 
over Albemarle. Um, and son of a, kind of a symbolic score for them. Uh, Louisa's average score in games right now is 42 to 11. Um, yeah, they're holding teams to 3.3 yards per uh, per play. Um, teams are only passing for 53 yards on them. Um, I mean, 17 turnovers, uh, seven of those interceptions, 10 of them fumbles. They forced uh, 24 fumbles, recovered 10 of them. Um, so they're constantly getting their, their hands and hat on the ball. Um, I mean, this is a defense that was good on paper going in, uh, performed, I would say, basically flawlessly. I don't think there was a single game. I mean, maybe the Massaponics game is where they bend. But don't break. Um, hey, yeah, how many of like that in that average? Massaponics got to be responsible for yeah. about half of it. I mean, so if you if you got two touchdowns on Louisa, odds are good at least one of those touchdowns was in the fourth quarter on a running clock. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that number gets skewed a little bit mm-hmm. too. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, outstanding uh, sort of wire to wire performance for for that Louisa defense. Uh, Will Patrick has called it state championship caliber good, and it certainly has looked that way. And we're gonna find out. Uh, very soon, I think that's sort of what we're most excited about. Is here we go. Yeah, man. It, this has been. It, it's been a little bit of a. It, let's start with Louisa because the, to me that's the team that yeah they have approached it, that it, to me is is the sort of glory the 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 crux piece that Will Patrick and his staff have done this year is that a team that like you could look on paper and all but one game look like they were going to be able to handle it. I mean, we wouldn't have been shocked. At nine and one because Massaponics was on that schedule, but like to finish at ten and zero and to approach every game so business like every single week when you know that in the back of their mind they've been thinking about this week coming up mm-hmm. the whole time and they didn't get ahead of themselves. They took care of business this entire time. Ten great weeks of football and then they come into this one where you know they're looking for redemption after last year's frustration uh, that that Easterview uh, heartbreaker. You know that they're coming to play. You know they're bringing it and they've stayed focused gotten the job done right and you know Patrick keeps talking about getting it peaking at the right time it, it, 42 to 0 against an Almar team that's pretty uh, especially peaking. with some of the injuries that they had uh, and putting in some second string guys I mean I think that's a true like it's, it's a statement uh, for for Louisa next man up sort of mentality yeah. uh, every every dude on that team I mean Louisa's got depth that the mm-hmm. rest of the JD doesn't have um, I mean it's going to be really interesting to see these playoff matchups for Louisa because I mean those first four games might have been the hardest games. I mean, maybe Orange was a little bit of a, a close battle. Fluvanna showed that they could hang with them in the first half a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's just a little bit. It's a four-quarter game. They, if they can get through King George, then the matchup is what? You got Spotsy, Patrick, Henry, Ashland. Yeah, just sitting on that side. The other side of the bracket, Monacan gets Dinwiddie in the first round and Eastern View Huguenot. Um, so I mean that that Spotsylvania Eastern View game sort of that's huge uh, for Louisa not having to face uh, Eastern View uh, you know in that second round like they did last year which was just absolutely brutal um, but Louisa getting the number one seed hosting all the way through as long as they keep winning mm-hmm. um, all things they did all the little things they had to do to mm-hmm. give themselves the best playoff position um, and just sort of hope they come into this one healthy and let's let's go see you know what they do against these squads who are going to be hungry to try and sort of upend a giant. But I think Louise just, I mean, when you put together this many 10-0 and campaigns in a row, you know, three um, in this case, uh, you like being the front runner. There's something to that. Yeah, and it's cultural. Like, I mean, this is, at this point... The senior class doesn't know anything different. I mean, Yeah, man, they just know how to win. Um, and to me, the thing that stands out, I think I've said this already a couple of weeks ago, the defense at Louisa is so good at every single spot. It's not a situation where one guy is covering up for maybe yeah. another guy. 
every guy is capable of making plays. I mean, there's a tremendous unit that they've got over there on defense. To me, that smothers. They've got whatever. Cohesion. Yeah. Cohesion, yeah. And then on offense, it's it's you get into that point where it's like in Top Gun, where there's just like there's dudes everywhere. I know Top Gun, very dated reference here, but but stay with me. It's like you're in a dogfight, and there's just guys coming at you from all over the place. It doesn't matter what angle they can attack from whatever angle on offense. You know, they've got a little, a little bit of injury stuff going on, but if they can figure that out, they can get ready, get healthy, I think they're going to be in great shape. And that defense is just going to keep them in every game. Yeah, um, they're, they're built for November football, um, and, and that's here we are. Yeah. So, they're the, not the only number one seed that we've got in this area. Goochland is stepping in at number one as well, and their move up to Region 3, uh, for, up to Class 3 from Class 2, and they got the number one spot in Region 3B. Yeah, interesting here. Uh, I mean, Goochland, anytime they play uh, sort of in a 3A level, this will be the you know, second big playoff uh, sort of uh, ranking for them. The first mm-hmm. year in the JD, uh, they went out and won it. Yeah. Um, uh, they had a little bit of a, a dip the second year um, and then dropped back down into James River District and you know played that schedule again here uh, in 3A. And I'm actually more impressed that they were able to get up to the number one ranking in this region. Um, just because the, of the, yeah. the weakness of their schedule. I mean, you know, they've got they've got some teams, and this is Goochland does a really good job of sort of all right. Well, we're going to run through those teams, and then that's a program that just knows how to play playoff football, mm-hmm. like, much in the, the same way we talk about Louisa. Uh, Goochland hasn't hit us with many first and second round upsets. Uh, no. When they're ranked number one in a region, they usually go out and win it or or play you know and the beat number two team. Um, yeah, this is a team that's used to playing on you know, the week after Thanksgiving. And we haven't so, talked about their redemption, but like obviously last year did not finish the way that that group wanted when Devin McRae went down early. They, I mean, Graham. yeah, just a slew of injuries in practice the, the, you know, before the state title game. Uh, just talk about a program that could not catch a break on yeah. any level, even within the game when it looked like they might swing back in it. Yeah, the Devin McRae injury. Um, it's just it's brutal, and you know they lose so many guys up front. So they're sort of and you're trying to rebuild that offensive line, and then in your first game of the year. You take one on the chin, and so you have everybody. Else, oh, all right. Well, it's going to be a tough year. Um, you start you know, with the Lafayette game. I mean, the first game of the year, and then yeah. they come back. Their second game is Buckingham, and they play in overtime. We know how good Buckingham is. I mean, that game was amazing, and it looks even better uh, in sort of hindsight. Uh, yeah. Those two teams playing each other. Um, yeah, it's just uh, been a wild run for Goochland and and team that you sort of hear uh, Coach Alex Fruits talking about it. This is a team that has really improved from week to week. Uh, they, they've done, especially in the, in the areas where the stats aren't there. Um, it's been on the offensive line. It's been on the defensive line where they're breaking in so many new guys. Uh, people just sort of figuring out their positions and, and what they have to do. The defense is stinking good too, man. They they hold people down. Um, obviously, business is going to pick up here a little bit for them. There's going to be some tougher opponents coming up. Um, but we could be headed, if we're staying in Region 3B, Weaver Row and Skyline are playing in that 4-5 slot. Weaver Row getting a chance to host a really big opportunity for them, a team that they've already beaten. We could be headed for a Weaver Row versus Goochland collision course. Yeah, I don't think we would have uh, would have seen that. No, on paper. <laughs> no. I mean, it's just, uh, just mostly just because we're you know you're shuffling teams around. You don't don't really see it coming. But uh, yeah, that's a weird one. Um, it c- could be a fun one too. I mean, that would be a running clock scenario. Two teams just oh, yeah. pounding the ball. Go ahead and set, set the egg timer for that one. It's going to be over in about an hour and twenty. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can't get ahead of yourself if you're Monroe there. Um, beating a team twice in one season is really difficult. We've seen uh, some teams struggle to do that um, in years past. It doesn't happen very often in the playoffs. Um, you know, teams getting to line up like that, but that Northwestern district's so huge, it's sort of bound to happen <laughs> yeah. in this region. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I think there's a large disparity between one and eight uh, in in this region in terms of sort of the strength of schedule and the way teams have played. Um, I think one and two, uh, one, and, and maybe one through four are pretty darn good. This is notoriously we talked about. You know, region uh, region four B with Louisa. Yeah, is, just is unbelievable depth. Unbelievable I mean, depth. Orange and, County at five and five, a five and one team in the district doesn't make the playoffs, and they lost to the team that's you know eighth. That's at six yeah. and four. I mean, so that's the difference. And they had a a, a Powhatan team ahead of them yeah. in the rankings. I mean, that's what keeps you out in in four. Right. I mean, the, that's a very good Orange team. But this three B is always been kind of a weird region. Now, we haven't even said their name yet, but look, a, a legendary program is floating around in that too, in addition to Goochland. Goochland is is not alone. James Monroe is floating around in that dish, yeah. in that region, and you don't really want to mess with James Monroe in the playoffs either. That's the only battlefield team uh, in, in this uh, in this bracket. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> That thing kind of looms large. Uh, a team five and one in that district that's you know pretty historic, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna find out. I mean, the the rest after it's you know Goochland, James Monroe, those are all Northwestern district teams mm-hmm. that have all played each other. Um, and it's gonna be interesting to see uh, how they how they put together a fight against some of these big sort of heralded playoff programs. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. And and congratulations to Wayne Monroe. I'm really finishing so strong. Hosting a playoff game, that's huge for them. Yeah, I mean, this program has really has, has, has gotten things you know going in a lot of different ways. And, and this is you know a year that they, they want to compete every year, but this was a year that they felt like they had the right chemistry, they had the right things going, and, and, they, and they're rolling. They had two really talented teams uh, you know, in, in 18 and 17 and just couldn't catch a break in terms mm-hmm. of the close, close games. They just kept dropping those. Mm-hmm. Um, and they found a way to... To turn that ship around without some, I mean, really important players. I mean, Alex Kinsey was just so mm-hmm. instrumental to that program um, to to win uh, the year after he graduates, like they have. Uh, that's just a, it's a really cool story for them. Yeah, no doubt about it. So that kind of sums up, you know, what should be an exciting, especially for us locally, uh, Region Three B. And then you look over at Region Three C. Two teams got in there. They face really, really tough first-round matchups, no question about it. Fluvanna County at unbeaten Spotswood, and then Western Almar is taking on Heritage Lynchburg and Brad Bradley, 9-1. and one. I think their only loss is to, what, Glass or something? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, I don't remember what they actually what the loss is, but it's I can guarantee it's, it's a good a Lynchburg one. school. Yeah, <laughs> I can guarantee it's a good one. Um, I mean, they, Heritage Lynchburg is coached by Bradley, who... Uh, it's not an official nickname or anything, but he's the miracle worker of Amelia a few years ago where he took a team that essentially people had written off and went and recruited the halls and showed up with an offensive line that had about 250. um, And then they had all kinds of fast guys. They gave Buckingham all kinds of problems one year. Um, Brad Bradley knows what he's doing. He's a great coach and, and does an excellent job. And so him being at heritage, that's going to be interesting, and Western is probably going to face them without their quarterback and Carter Shifflett, who got hurt uh, against Orange. Um, that that's going to make things an increasingly difficult situation for them. So expect them to kind of lean on Austin Shifflett and Buto, uh, really kind of try and pound that rock a little bit, um, and and hope that the defense can come up with some stops. This is a defense that's kind of grown up. Yeah, I think as the years gone, I on. think that's the key for them. Um, it, it's sort of trying to. Keep if you can keep heritage under thirty, yeah. um, and then just hope you get enough big plays from Breaker Mendenhall yeah, and the gang. Um, I mean, find a way to work him out with with, with Shiflet out. 
can you find a way to get the ball in his hands um, and then just lean on Austin Shiflett uh, to, to get his sort of yeoman-like yards. Yeah. Uh, he's had an outstanding, almost a quiet year um, in the way he's gone about his business, but uh, a really reliable hand for them. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. And then, yeah, Fluvanna Spotswood. Yeah. Uh, Spotswood has been just crushing people. Yeah, Spotswood's uh, been throwing up numbers. They beat the tar out of the Harrisonburg the other day. Um, they, they're just playing really good football right now. They are... So t- they're so multiple. They can beat you through the air. They can beat you on the ground. Uh, this is going to be a game where you know, like you talked about trying to keep Heritage to thirty. I think you got to try and keep the ball out of Spotswood's hands. You don't want that Barnhart kid or, or the high kid getting, Fluvanna, getting going. Fluvanna can do that. Um, yeah, they I mean, can. They, they've got a way to grind it out. I really like you know. Aside from the start, of the first you know couple minutes against Orange, I like the game that they had against Orange, uh, running the ball, controlling the clock there. I mean, that first half against Louisa, you're sort of checking that halftime score, and you're like, oh, wow. All right. We got ourselves a game here. Mm -hmm. Um, So see if they can sort of channel that energy uh, in both those games. Uh, Obviously, the the back half of the schedule is tough for them. Last week was a must-win game for them against Monticello. They go out and handle their business. Mm -hmm. They've sort of been, I think Flavina's been in playoff mode for a while now. Mm -hmm. Uh, You sort of saw their backs are up against the wall after those Orange and Louisa games. Um, and you know, if they had had that orange game, that sort of really improves their standing in this region. Um, let's see, uh, you know, how, this is a team that this isn't their first rodeo anymore. Nope. Uh, they made the playoffs last year. Most of this, most of these guys were on that team last year, um, so they shouldn't be shocked by sort of uh, the, the mood of the playoffs. It's different uh, when you get out there. There's a lot more emotion mm-hmm. um, and a lot more creativity from the the coaching. And you got a seasoned staff. guy at quarterback, a guy who's been there already, and they nearly pulled off that win against Brookville last year. Yeah. They they really gave it to them. Uh, they think so. Brookville was decimated by injuries, and I think was direct snapping the ball to a free safety um, for most of the game. But I mean, it, Flumana knows you know what it takes in these kind of games. Uh, they they know that. They now have had a taste of what that level has got to be like, and it, but it is going to be a tough environment over there at Spotswood. They're going to have to really rely on Kobe Edmonds to kind of get some things done, make some plays with his feet, uh, make some plays through the air. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how he how he handles that and how that offense handles it because this is the time to turn it loose. There's no time to keep anything off the tape or worry about anything. Now's the time to kind of let things rip. So uh, a big couple opportunities for huge upsets for Fluvanna and Western, and then we move down uh, to to Region Two B, uh, and and that's where uh, that's where Buckingham County is sitting. Yeah, great job by Buckingham getting the win over Nottaway. Um, that was sort of one you're wondering how close that game's going to be. Uh, when you see it in the schedule, I mean, sort of had a hunch. Uh, Buckingham's schedule is front-loaded um, with, with really good teams, Appomattox and Goochland, mm-hmm. out of the gate. Uh, they win those, uh, fall to Goochland, but beat Appomattox. They come out smelling like roses in that one and then just roll through the, the easier part of their James River schedule and yeah. then have a Nottaway team at the end. Uh, no problem for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that I think, has, since that Goochland game, has been playing with a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. They get the number two seed here, a home game. That's what they set out to do at the season. I'm certain they have readjusted their goals since <laughs> then. Uh, it is no longer about a home playoff game. It is about winning as many of these home playoff games as they can. Um, a really cool sort of turnaround for them after a couple of sort of five and five years. Uh, where, where, again, that schedule was just absolutely brutal, and they finished strong, but were sort of held out of the playoffs for a couple of years there. Last year they make the playoffs and, and fall in the first round. This year they get to uh, take this really young group mm-hmm. um, and, and – Sort of flex some muscle. Tay Tony has been a monster on you know both sides of the ball, Great. but him at quarterback 
uh, is just a nightmare. He's just so athletic. Uh, he can run. Um, I mean, he can throw if they want to. They don't. They don't show it off very often. But they have guys like Xavier Copeland uh, who can get open space. And Walter Edwards is Copeland's a, a monster in the return game too. Yeah, big. Nobody likes to kick to him, but Walter Edwards is just a sledgehammer on both sides of the ball for them. Tackling machine, uh, just a great running back. Four-year starter there. Who is just, I mean, he just totes the ball inside and does all the gritty running for them. Uh, that is, we talked about Louisa being a team built for the playoffs. Buckingham County is a team built for the playoffs. And uh, I think yeah, if you're Page County, like you're in Buckingham trouble. team, man. I mean, nine, nine and one, they got athletes, they got guys. Like the, the Knights are back, man. And, yeah. and, and it is, it is going to be real tough. For any team that wants to try and knock them off in that region, uh, it's they, a tough region, though. Yeah, um, I mean it's very seven, deep. And, seven and three for a, t- a seven seed uh, in Ooh. Page County, um, playing in a Bull Run district that it's hard. It's hard to make uh, you know a lot of, about the Bull Run. You got Clark County every year in that district. Hammered um, they hammer Nelson though. Yeah, um, they they hammered them, and I got to see Page in person, and they they run. Um, I made the mistake. I think after the game, of calling it like a T formation, but it's not really a T. It's a it's actually a wishbone. It's a little bit flat for a wishbone, but they run this wishbone type offense, flexbone type stuff, and and they're really they can get a lot of different guys after you. Um, but they're gonna have five tough sledding against that Buckingham defense. Would be my guess. Buckingham has been really really stout. Um, so it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how they handle that. Yeah, it's uh, I mean you have basically three districts in here: Shenandoah at the top and uh, Stewart Strath. That's your one seed. Uh, Buckingham is the lone James River representative, and then it's basically all Bull Run district teams after mm-hmm. that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's you know some good squads in there that we've seen in the playoffs before. Uh, you know East Rockingham, that's a team lose large there for Buckingham County if you if you have to run into them. Um, Clark County. Uh, I think those those are the two most interesting teams. Uh, it's those are also sort of playoff heralded teams that have, have put together big runs. Uh, yeah, defensively, Buckingham. Let's see what they do against the Page County team. It was four and three in their district. Um, I, the results have been so good so far. Uh, it's a team that what's that? Eight wins in a row for them. Um, that's a pretty good run for them. I don't expect much to change there. And the other thing that people often forget, Buckingham does not lose games at home in the playoffs. <laughs> it, it is a thing. Now, I don't want to jinx them, um, but it, it, it's a thing that dates all the way back to, to Craig Gill and those guys. Um, when they play at home, they finish the job. So let's see if this community can rally and get around them. Uh, as you said, Buckingham is back. I'm pretty sure within that county, uh, everybody sort of knows uh, the product that they're getting on the field is going to be top-notch. Buckingham, take one thing away from this podcast is that Buckingham is back. Yeah. Last one that we got state championship game Blue Ridge versus North. Oh, we got one more. We got oh, we got, two. Oh, sorry. We forgot about the Pats, man. Uh, Almore, we knew that they were in the playoffs from the jump. Uh, Region 5D, uh, they, they got in. And Almore did just enough to get themselves out of that 7 8 spot. And now they're in that 6, and they're playing a Patrick A. Roanoke team that. They played pretty well against in the in the meeting in the regular season. This is an opportunity to win. Now, Patrick and Roanoke, obviously, has gotten a little bit healthier. They played a little bit better. So this is a challenge. We don't know how healthy Albemarle is. Jay King got a little banged up in that game uh, with Louisa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who knows what we're going to see from Albemarle. But this is a chance. This is a team that is is definitely realistically this is a closer game than, than you might think based on the 6-3 seed. Um, so, an exciting opportunity for Albemarle. Yeah, let's go see what Ebenezer McCarthy does for them. Um, you know, 
comes out there and, and sort of carries the ball for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Albemarle can establish itself on the ground, I mean, I think for for any team sort of looking at uh, an upset opportunity, uh, it's going to come pretty simple. Uh, can you control the clock? Mm-hmm. Uh, keep your keep your defense on the sidelines and just keep moving the chains. Uh, avoid big turnovers, big plays from happening, sort of big swings of momentum. Uh, just sort of establishing yourself on the ground. Uh, that's the easiest way to do it. So. A, a, a tough matchup, uh, obviously, because anytime you're in that Region 5D, you're going to find some tough squads. Uh, but they, Al Mar gets a, a real opportunity uh, against Patrick and Roanoke. That's one that they can get done, um, especially if they're healthy. So I jumped the gun a little bit there a second ago. But Blue Ridge versus North Cross rematch, state championship game, uh, VISA Division Two. Um, after the first result of you know about a month ago. We thought this might be might be another matchup, and you know this that we might see this one again. Um, and sure enough, here we are. Uh, and that yep. first one did not go the way that Blue Ridge wanted it to go. Yeah, second uh, trip this year uh, for Blue Ridge over to North Cross and Roanoke, um, seventy to twenty-eight. That's the mm-hmm. first one. Um, it's also September twenty-seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot has changed for Blue Ridge since then. Um, they, they've you know. Pieced together a really nice season, um, particularly getting a hard-fought win with Bishop O'Connell there. That Christchurch win they had to fight tooth and nail for. So I think the adversity, I mean, this is what they talked about afterwards was, you know, no Blue Ridge game is complete without adversity. Um, <laughs> and just you know, sort of facing it. I mean, they knew coming into this game they're without their starting quarterback. Uh, and they go out and game plan all week for it and find a way to put up a 43 spot. I don't think many people would have guessed that. There's not Uh, very many teams out there that can do that. I think if you were Christchurch and and you said, we're going to score 40 on Blue Ridge this week, you're coming out with the win. Yeah. Um, But Devin Walker gets it done, puts his uh, seniors in position to be able to to go out on top. They've they've done this before. Um, They've pulled it off before to win a state title just like this. Uh, where, where they've that's lost right. to a North Cross team, but that, that's a very well coached North Cross team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're physical. Uh, Steven they're Alexander knows what he's doing, man. Yeah, that's that's going to be a fun one, um, and we'll see. I mean, Blue Ridge has the weapons. I mean, there's so many guys that can put in space. I mean, we mentioned the numbers with Lewis. I mean, he only needs seven receptions to get 200 yards. Um, so that's the kind of offense that, that you can run here. And North Cross has the dudes too. They got the weapons. Yeah. Zay Baines, man, is a, is a heck of a player. They got a bunch of guys who can catch it. They like to air it out. Here's where like it gets interesting. That game that you're referencing a couple of years ago, they go down there and play North Cross, and the wind was blowing at what felt like about a thousand miles an hour, just coming hard and in, and it ruined North Cross's passing game. Uh, they could not put the ball in the air, and suddenly Blue Ridge was just pinning their ears back and going. Out after him um so that was and they've got a dude that can do that uh andy nueco i mean he was tremendous against christchurch um i mean just a a physical mess that they couldn't deal with Mm -hmm. he's fast he's strong um he was in in the backfield all game long and i think uh we're gonna see it's we we talked about it before with the the monroe skyline deal i think blue ridge north cross here it's really hard to play a team twice and in division two i mean they're used to this yeah yeah. normally line up you sort of wonder how much of the, your hand that you showed in that first game. Right. Um, I mean, did, how important is it to win that game in the regular season versus the postseason? I mean, we, we see that in the NFL, the Patriots do this all the time. Where they're like, yeah, well, I mean, we're going to do it a little different in the playoffs. We're not going to tell you what we're doing. We're not going right. to show. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be in private. Um, I don't know that you can do that at the high school level, but it would be interesting to see um, if there are new wrinkles from both sides worked in, uh, different looks, different schemes uh, that the other team doesn't see coming. 
like you said, athletes all over the field in this one. It yeah, it'll be, be really a track exciting. meet. I mean, if, a lot of speed if on display. Christchurch Blue Ridge was an indication of anything. There's just going to be a lot of points. A lot of points. So, big weekend of football coming up. We'll have talk about all the survivors uh, coming next week. Um, we could be looking at some really exciting ra- round two matchups uh, that, that could get people real fired up. So, uh, a- a exciting stretch, exciting time of year. Um, and we'll be back next week to talk all about it again.